and welcome to Meet Me in the Middle, the podcast that explores the wellness world and attempts to find some middle ground in a very polarized niche <laughs> space. My name is Jenny Omani. And I'm Annika Buckle. Um, we say it every week because we would love it if you could do it. We would super appreciate if you're enjoying us to please head on over and give us a little review on your podcast platform of choice. Um, also sharing is always caring. So feel free to send us to somebody else you think might be interested or gain insight from the things we talk about here. We are in our summer wellness series and we're talking about garbage diet trends decade by decade and we've made it all the way to the 1990s i cannot believe it here we are oh and i feel like we've been so succinct and it's just gonna get harder going forward because we actually lived and breathed these are memorable decades now and let me tell you (laughs) that i have already worked on the 2010 the 2000s the aughts if you will and it was it's been very challenging so i feel this very deeply (laughs) I also just kept getting distracted and the amount of tabs that would be open because I'd be like, oh my God, yes. So from a trigger warning perspective, we are going to be talking about addiction and drug use today, um, as well as restricted eating kind of gets woven through. Um, so if those are topics that, you know, uh, don't land for you today, go find something fluffy to look at on the internet and, um, you know catch us back maybe next time when it's a bit less serious this one's a little bit serious and I will say I spent an absurd amount of time looking for like something funny to watch at the end (laughs) you know how they say you're not supposed to do the shit sandwich email anymore like you're not supposed to be like yay good thing here's the shitty thing that I actually want to talk about and then end on a light note um I am aiming for a shit sandwich because it makes me feel better. And I don't, you know what, this isn't, uh, this isn't a professional email, so we can do whatever the fuck we want actually. Yeah, totally. So this may not be the best way to get feedback, but we're talking about the nineties. This ship has sailed. So we're not looking to change anything here. So before we have a little walk down memory lane, I think we really need to talk about social climate. Mm. Um, So the nineties is actually when the, in all capitals, World Wide Web comes <laughs> into accessibility. And <laughs> AOL, yeah, someone picking up the phone and fucking up your connection. Um, and it really creates a very different media landscape. And I think that context is always like 95% of anything. And mm-hmm. so just taking a minute to sort of put us back in the nineties from a context perspective is really important. Mm -hmm. So TV ads are booming and the population is consuming a lot of information visually now, and it's coming very quickly. Mm. So TV was, if you think about the ads are what made television because how much of like your show was what like 23 minutes and seven minutes of the 30 was was ads Mm -hmm. and advertising really kicked into a new level because the reach was so much higher so you've got tvs in almost all households in the Mm -hmm. you know developed world um and it's just i can't emphasize enough how much visual depictions of how you were supposed to be we're everywhere. Mm-hmm. Right. 
ads mm-hmm. were supposed to make you feel a certain way. They were supposed to take you um, into a certain lifestyle. All the things we see in like influencer marketing and whatnot now that's very heavily lifestyle focused. This is what really starts taking off in a visual form in the 90s. Well, and I think that's really interesting to think about because, Mm -hmm. you know, as much as in, you know, the previous decades, as we've been talking about this summer, you know, you have these women's magazines that have this explosion and they have all these, you know, diets listed, but Mm -hmm. the difference in reading a diet or looking at a picture of, you know, a tanned Coco Chanel Mm -hmm. versus seeing somebody in 3D on an ad it's so different the way that it hits our brain, right? Well, and it's implied. So those mm-hmm. print ads, there's less, it's more literal mm-hmm. and there's less sort of um, nuance that you're picking up on. Whereas with TV ads, they can, like a lot of them don't even talk about the product. <laughs> yeah. At the yeah. end of the ad, they'll name, like you'll see the brand stream across the page right? And you're like, oh, oh, it's a cover girl ad or do you know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah. So, so there's a real intentional manipulation that's happening in TV advertisements. It's mm-hmm. happening on purpose. It's happening for a real reason. And it, this is a new thing. Now we can't really talk about the nineties trash diets without talking about beauty standards during mm-hmm. the nineties, because that is mm-hmm. what is like showing up everywhere. So rapid fire question. Don't think, just answer. If I say supermodel, who do you think of? Go. Christy Brinkley. Okay. Yeah. So there was- Followed very closely by Tyra Banks because I watched America's Next Top Model in the 2010s. (laughs) Okay. But that's 2010 and we're in 1990. So- I was trying to stay relevant. Relevant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Christy Brinkley is, I believe, uh, is actually the 80s. 80s. Late yeah. 80s. Yeah. So, so, but that's when the term really comes up as supermodel. Mm-hmm. And you see, um, you see a few of the 90s supermodels, they start in the 80s, but it, it really takes off and you get seven main women hmm. that become part of every cosmetics ad, um, clothing ad, like, and you will know all of these women yeah. to this day. Helena Christensen. Yep. Linda Evangelista. Yep. Christy Turlington. Yep. Cindy Crawford. Of course. Naomi Campbell. Mm-hmm. And Elle McPherson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So these are the big 90s supermodels. And to this day, if you look at lists, because they have like like lists of who the supermodels are, because it's some like fictional classification that we all just like agreed upon. Um, and they're still on that list. Like these are this is the real commercialized takeoff of mm-hmm. supermodels because yeah. of how advertising is now happening. That's really interesting. It's super interesting. Now, the reason I mentioned supermodels is that the, one of the main trends of the nineties comes as kind of like an antithesis to these wholesome, like, be- like beautiful, traditionally, um, you know, aesthetically pleasing women and this is where heroin chic comes in. Well, and in along with the rise of grunge, right? It's like all of a they sudden they go hand this, in hand. This yeah. edgy bad girl, but oh, the the oh, I just like it makes me sick to my stomach. It's awful. <sighs> yeah, and it's kind of described as like, well, all these supermodels were being like super feminine, so 
the androgynous look of heroin <laughs> chic and grunge was mm-hmm. like uh uh like uh, an answer, like to... answer to the right. just ridiculous um so the actual origin of the term is super fucked so I am not, I'm 0% surprised to hear that. Spoiler alert, uh, <laughs> the term about Tra- heroin. Trash, trash term comes from trash uh, origin. So heroin cheek emerges for a few reasons. One, we just talked about, it's like this like antichrist of these supermodels and these, you know, highly publicized women that are everywhere. And also the price of heroin drops substantially in the 90s. But oh, interesting. The, yeah, but the purity of it goes up. So, yeah, I know. I don't actually. I part of me is like, I'm going to look into why, and then I was like, you know, this is the shit that the police end up coming to your door for <laughs> because of your Google search engine, and I don't actually care. But you have this like phenomenon where the price goes down. I don't know. Probably an availability thing would be my right. guess. Whatever. It's, it's like that's anything, how capitalism usually works. That's how price drops usually happen. The market gets flooded. So the price goes down, purity goes up. Now in the 80s, there's the whole AIDS epidemic. Mm-hmm. And so anything that's IV drug use is, you know, legitimately, a, it's always higher risk. It's an even higher risk activity. Right. People actually do recognize that this is higher risk. Right. And now heroin's more pure, which means you can snort it, right? Because of how you absorb things. So if uh-huh. something's less pure, you need to get it straight in your bloodstream. But if something's more pure... You can absorb it through your mucous membranes to have the, you know, the drug do its thing. So now that you can snort it, there's less stigma because drugs are only really shameful and like for poor people if you're injecting them. But for some reason, if you're snorting them, they're classy. I mean, this was like, this was like the stockbrokers (laughs) in the eighties, right? Like Mm -hmm. if. It's like one of these things, and I think this is a really interesting kind of category, is like something is classy if rich people do it and trashy if poor people do it, right? Like, and that's the only oh, difference yeah. is just your yep. income level. Yep. And we've talked about this, how so many times the pendulum just swings. Mm-hmm. Eating whole foods is for poor people and rich people eat processed foods. Oh, wait, now the whole foods are more expensive and the processed foods are cheaper. So we switch mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. It's optics it's all optics so because there's now less stigma it becomes more popular with middle class and wealthy people Mm -hmm. snorting heroin does this is where we get um, movies coming onto the scene like the basketball diaries train spotting oh i watched train spotting so many times one of the most fucked up movies of all time kids oh my god i also watched that a million times in the 90s and holy cow fucked up Yep. movie yeah. um and pulp fiction uh-huh right? right so we get these big hollywood actually i don't think kids was a big hollywood movie i seem no. to remember it being more of an underground movie but it's it was it was definitely but it it ended up with like cult following critical acclaim kind of status yeah. which yeah. i mean reach is more important than you know than money behind it when you look at what's the impact on the culture right so yeah no that's a really good point so this is kind of now the look. Dark circles under the eyes, waif thin. Um, who I'm curious who you think of as like the poster girl for Courtney Love. 
Oh, interesting. Yeah. Courtney Love. I didn't go there. Okay. But, but part totally. of that for me, it's not necessarily her, like she wasn't the skinniest. I think somebody like Kate Moss probably falls into that category yeah. in my brain. Yeah. But for me, I came to, I was really into like grunge music and like yeah. female driven grunge music, especially in the nineties, mm-hmm. like L7 mm-hmm. and whole, those mm-hmm. were, you know, kind of my entry point into, I mean, really in a lot of ways, feminism, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. So for me, that's like, that's kind of the first context that pops in my brain. So she would be like literal heroin chic right. in the sense that like, and I'm it's not, not like a rich person to... trying like cosplaying yeah. heroin chic, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like, she was, yeah, yeah, genuinely. No, I, I don't actually know what drugs she was using in the nineties, but I would be lots of them, lots of them. And, um, she had money and she mm-hmm. was, yeah. So Kate Moss is who my first came to my mind and that's what you said too so interestingly after courtney love you would when you branched into the when you (laughs) emphasize the chic component you're like oh so interestingly the model who actually is supposed to be the first heroin chic model can you imagine having that as your no like that sentence is cursed go on Her name is Gaia Karaangi, and I've never heard of her. And when I saw a picture, she honestly did not, I didn't recognize her. Um, and evidently Wikipedia agreed with me because when <laughs> I went to go to the bottom of the Wikipedia page to see what their sources were to like, look for some different information, Kate Moss is a- in a Calvin Clyde ad is actually the primary image for the page. <laughs> that it's that Calvin Klein, it's Kate Moss and the Calvin Klein ad that like, I feel like really exemplifies those days in my brain you are just so good at segues (laughs) do you remember the calvin klein ads with her like in the way that they would be in like the magazine of the like older girl who was babysitting me with like the like the the perfume sample where you'd like open the page and you'd be like oh god it stinks yeah yeah so she did those ads with marky mark do you remember I did not remember oh, that. Oh, okay. So I did, and I remember watching them, and I I just put it in the chat. I want you to pull it up. There's like a weird Simpsons Butterfinger adverse, which also reminisced a lot. <laughs> I do not remember it landing the way it lands right now. Well, yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm excited. So I'll just watch, I'm, and I'm going to press play. Butterfinger. Shouts goes out to my man Calvin Klein. Good looking out for the drawers. Not saying I would do another Fruit of the Loom commercial or nothing like that, because they don't make the hype shorts. These these are the 90s, man. They just fit good and they hold hold me snug. So if I'm about to go get some skins, I'm not gonna put on like no silk underwear. Oh, she got freckles. <laughs> Next question. No, the best protection against AIDS is to keep your Calvins on. Now that could definitely come between me and my Calvins. Do you have Calvin Klein underwear on? Wow. <laughs> wow. There I had there. The best part about that was that you got so high and squeaky and moved away from your microphone and I couldn't hear you, but I knew exactly what you were saying because of your face in the video. My horrified face. I am shocked on many. There so are so clearly, many pieces to unpack out of that. <laughs> purely even from like a what you're allowed to say in an ad perspective, things have shifted a lot because he dissed another brand. In an ad that was on TV, <laughs> like he disses Fruit of the Loom, which you would never like Fruit of the Loom today would be like, absolutely not. Yeah. He makes like an offside AIDS reference. Jesus. 
at a time when like we are not really we are barely out of the AIDS epidemic we are only just starting to even acknowledge it happened as a society in the early 90s it's unbelievable it's really so this was this was the ad on tv this isn't like a rough cut of like that that someone like released a decade later what do you think about kate moss in that ad she's a prop right Mm -hmm. guess how old she was oh no she was 17 i was gonna say i bet she was just under 18 so it's not finger quotes not so gross but like that's disgusting actually it's worse. Uh. It's worse than that. So she has repeatedly talked about how this experience was for her. Um, and she how says, old, and I, do, you, "Do we know how old Marky Mark was?" Yes. So he was about twenty. So also very young. Very young, but very young. So he was very young. She was even. But he was. He was like legal. <laughs> right. And she's topless in that ad. Yeah. 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 And he's all over her. She says, and this is in 2008, I believe. She's talked a lot about. I'm sure, yeah. Her (laughs) experiences as a model in the 90s, like as an adult looking back. Um, She says, quote, I think they played on my vulnerability. I was quite young and innocent. So Calvin loved that, end quote. Oh, Oh, gross. She also struggled with severe anxiety and the day before the shoot was given Valium so that she could. What is it's Judy Garland all over again. Um, And then she said, quote, I didn't feel well at all before the shoot for like a week or two. I couldn't get out of bed, end quote. So, I mean, just a little baby. She's a kid. Oh, so Marky Mark. I refuse to call him Mark Wahlberg. He will always be Marky Mark. <laughs> he has, to his credit, also talked about it multiple times and basically said that he uh, was very rough, uh, like as a personality. He had like a lot of like beating people up charges and yeah, stuff when he was he, young. Yeah, he like did some really questionable kind of white supremacy stuff that... Yeah, yeah. And I honestly don't know much about him, yeah. uh, but he has not directly... he. He hasn't like apologized that we're aware of or anything like that, but he has acknowledged that he was like not a shining member of society Yeah, at the age that he was when this ad was filmed. Yeah. Calvin Klein has also commented on it. I can already gonna, tell from the set of your jaw that it's not going to be like, I would I do it. I would take gonna, it all back in a heartbeat if I could. No, I'm going to piss you off even more. <laughs> cool. Okay. So I'm going to put in the chat. Calvin Klein's reflections on this ad uh, and he says this in 2010 oh geez he's had time to think about it quote it didn't go too well Kate didn't like Mark at all I have worked with so many women great ones and Kate was always difficult the designer said in 2010 going on to call Wahlberg a pleasure now do you just feel awful for Kate Moss like don't you want to hug her I want, of, I want first to give of all, her a hug. I'm sure you've worked with a lot of women. She's a girl, so that's different. Yeah. And was she difficult because you had to arrange for a doctor to prescribe her Valium before your shoot? And that was like an extra step that you didn't want I, to take? Un- unbelievable. I think it's also... I want to say, like, we've come a long way and blah, blah, blah. And we have. Like, we genuinely have come out. A away <laughs> we've come away 
But, but I mean, modeling is still an incredibly predatory industry for both men and women. For sure. And to become the poster girl for an image and a style and an aesthetic that women are supposed to sort of achieve. And mm-hmm. she's like, a, not even a woman. She's a kid. It's like how, <laughs> you know, if uh, I'm, I look at myself now and I think, you know, as a 41 year old woman, yeah. it is physically impossible that I could look like a girl who's just yeah. gone through puberty. A hundred percent. Like it's not, it's, it's like, it's, it's realistic on like so many different various levels. So um, Kate Moss also, to her credit, she's talked a lot about her time in the 90s. And she does say that she has always maintained she never did heroin. She has been caught doing coke and whatnot. And so I can see how if heroin is a drug that's snorted and you see someone snorting a drug that you could like confuse which drug that is. So um and she, but she basically is like, look, the, the style at the time was to smudge eyeliner under your eyes. Like, that's just how <laughs> eyeliner, that's just, was, it's, it's like, it's like today's contour, style. right? Yeah, to- totally. <laughs> and so she's like, yeah, I don't know. Like, yes, I put eyeliner under my eyes and therefore I looked like I had like heroin eyes. Sure. But like a lot of other people did too. And that was the style. Right. That was the, that was the look. Yeah. That, that was girls, the look. girls in my high school did that. Like <laughs> she does admit to having disordered eating patterns, um, which isn't surprising. Not surprising. Yeah. In 2008, she go, she says, I didn't eat for a long time. Um, but then she says it wasn't on purpose. Um, quote, you'd be on a shoot with bad food. Or get on a plane and the food would be so disgusting you couldn't eat it. I remember standing up in the bath one day. I was so thin. I was never anorexic. I remember thinking, I don't want to be this skinny. The food was bad. What does bad mean? Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, was it just like poor quality? Well, and and I mean, if we're looking at this on the surface, like, Mark Wahlberg, sorry, Marky Mark is also a model at this Mm -hmm. time. Like Mm -hmm. he, he's eating, he's clearly eating something. Yep. Right. So yeah. 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 Her, his caloric intake is very different. This is so depressing. Okay. So she, she goes on to say she managed to overcome her, this like period of time in her life. Remember she was dating Johnny Depp also a oh. famously wonderful <laughs> celebrity John, Johnny Depp, uh, <laughs> known for his feminist. pedestalization of women. Yeah. <laughs> feminist partner, uh, <laughs> poster boy. <laughs> so he taught her, um, a mantra that helped her get through this period of time. Well, good for him. Never complain, never explain. Uh, Johnny Depp, that would be the, mo- the mantra of the Royal family. <laughs> That's yeah, not your mantra. That is a hundred percent like the royal family. Never complain. Never explain. <laughs> like that's literally how they roll. It's and like it's... on a crest. <laughs> totally. Um, their their emblem. Yeah. Well, and yeah, I mean, talk about like gaslighting somebody's experience, right? Never complain. You're not I'm allowed sure. to talk about your experience. Don't explain it. Don't talk to anybody about it either. <laughs> Just let it be. So um that was like the real depressing part no was that was that the middle of the sandwich that was the middle of the sandwich do we have like a few more layers of sandwich before we get to the bottom piece of we do but it's getting a bit uh 
the the shitty is a <laughs> bit less dense now. Um, so we're going to move on from heroin chic and supermodels, uh, you know, who've led the landscape in ideal body image and beauty standards. So that's <laughs> awesome. Look for the 90s. Uh, okay, let's do a little rundown of trash diets of the decade with a brief description of each because they're honestly really boring. <laughs> um, we've now entered the like eliminate slash control entire food groups um, era of mm-hmm. dieting. Mm-hmm. And it's all like heavily monetized because now we have a way to monetize different- everything. <laughs> we can diversify our portfolio now. So why <laughs> not? So, you know, like books, prepackaged food, diet plans, coaches, blah, 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 blah. Um, okay. In no particular order, because they're all garbage. I think like the, uh, I've picked the flat out clearly dumbest one that um, <laughs> first. Um, the blood type diet, which oh, is I've heard of so this. easily, it, like it does not take long in the 90s for people to be like that's just not true (laughs) (laughs) the concept is that different blood types have different ideal diets um it's complete garbage it's not based on anything real it's been like thoroughly debunked which is like very easy to do it did not take long and um it, it had like its heyday but I feel like it's one of those it's like a horoscope where if it aligns with how <laughs> you th- think it should be true you're like yes that is me and if not you're like oh, this is fucking bullshit uh so for fun type a is known as the cultivator uh basically a vegetarian diet they eat lots of plants no red meat whole grains tofu seafood turkey turkey I love that Doesn't mention chicken, but turkey. Specifically turkey. Sure. Uh, Type B are the nomads. Um, They can eat plants and meat with the exception of pork and chicken. Uh, Some dairy is allowed, but wheat, corn, tomatoes, and lentils are out of the question. How dare you? Type AB uh, is the enigma. They should eat seafood, dairy, tofu, grains, and beans. However, kidney beans... Are off the list no corn uh no beef and chicken they're all like very it's like he literally was like how to just like threw a dartboard a wheel yeah or like had like a wheel of fortune wheel and was like okay chicken yeah and then type O. this is my my blood type i am o negative for the record uh typo is the hunter uh focused on high protein foods like meat poultry and fish some fruits and vegetables are allowed but limited um to grains, legumes, and dairy type O diet was also, oh, sorry. And also you were not allowed to have wheat and corn if you were type O. Basically just, the, the, it's just dumb. It's dumb. It takes up steam for a bit. And then luckily, very quickly, people are like, this makes absolutely no sense. Well, and what here's what I think is really interesting about it. Cause I, um, have like you know had people in my life who kind of very much ascribe to it I think Mm. what people like about it is something that you and I have talked about at length before which is this idea that actually there is no one perfect diet for every person's body somebody will go vegan and that is true somebody else will not be able to process red meat properly somebody else you know is that's just how bodies are (laughs) and it's a it's like having a roadmap and a, a set of rules 
is very attractive to people, right? I know not everybody's the same. So what are the rules that I need to follow so I can get mine right? It almost makes it sound more realistic until you actually read it. And then you're like, hmm, okay. (laughs) Uh, Next up is our friend, the Atkins diet, Mm -hmm. uh, which gets some celebrity traction. Jennifer Aniston's pro Atkins, Alyssa Milano, um, pro Atkins. This is, it's like basically like you just eat fat and protein and you can't have carbs. <laughs> That's it. The, the, the concept is like, if you're not using carbs, you're going to burn fat for fuel. It's like the precursor to keto. Yeah. 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 At- Atkins walked so keto could run. Yeah, totally. A hundred percent. Um, they also say that if you have a high protein intake, you're going to be full longer. So it will reduce your appetite, which is like, I mean, sure. Yes. Eating protein. If I eat a piece of bread, if I eat a hundred calories of bread and a hundred calories of like, I don't know, chicken, I'm probably going to be full longer from the chicken. <laughs> right. But sure. Anyways, it's, a we, we know that we know where Atkins goes. It gets a rebrand. <laughs> It's the ketogenic diet. Uh, We have our friend, the South Beach diet. Honestly, I could not tell the difference between South Beach and Atkins. I read all these comparison posts. The gist of it is you can have like some more carbs on South Beach and they emphasize unsaturated fats, whereas Atkins was like, just whatever, man, fat's good. Just eat the fat. I got bored trying to figure out the difference. I don't know. To me, it was like Atkins with more effort put into it. Well, okay. What's really interesting <laughs> is actually um, both South Beach and Atkins came out with a book in the early aughts that once yeah. again kind of caught steam for them. So yeah. I did a, I did a little, I've done a little bit of reading too, kind of looking at like, are these, how are these different? They're both developed by cardiologists. Yeah. They yeah. both have really severe restrictions. I don't know if you read this, but the original Atkins had almost no vegetables whatsoever. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and then like, they're like, fine, you can oh, have like, actually, I guess people covers. are getting a bit malnutrition. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, and cabbage soup comes back. Good grief. It makes a little appearance again in the nineties. Um, and then the zone diet. I remember hearing about the zone diet. I remember hearing about the zone diet it's too. It's just like a prescribed macro ratio. And then you, so it's early um, macros. So we got the seeds yeah. for today's Jim Bro's macro tracking in the 90s. And then it tells you to avoid processed foods and added sugar. I am going to leave this on a high note. Mentos ads. Because huh? nothing <laughs> says fun ads in the 90s. Like the fresh maker? Like the fresh maker. <laughs> The Fresh Maker. Thanks so much for listening to Mental. We really appreciate your support. And if you could do us a big favor and subscribe and share this podcast, it would mean the world to us.